Hi, I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escobedo with Weintraub Tobin. Welcome to another installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. In the first part of this two-part discussion, we discussed one of the recent libel claims arising out of an unfavorable portrayal of a real person in a television program or motion picture. That case was Green versus Paramount Pictures. And that was a defamation suit brought by a former executive at Stratton Oakmont regarding his portrayal in the motion picture, The Wolf of Wall Street. Scott, today I understand you want to talk about the false light claim made in the Olivia de Havilland versus FX case over de Havilland's portrayal in the FX docudrama Feud and Fairstein versus Netflix, which involves a defamation claim over the portrayal of Linda Fairstein, a former New York City prosecutor, in the Netflix series, When They See Us, which was about the trial of the Central Park Five. That's right, Josh. Uh, to recap this, each of uh, these cases have their basis in a claim of defamation, usually libel, which is written defamation. And in California, libel is defined by our favorite civil code section, section 45, uh, which defines libel as a false and unprivileged publication by writing, uh, printing, picture, effigy, or other fixed representation to the eye, which exposes any person to hatred, contempt, ridicule, and that fantastic obloquy, or which causes him to be shunned or avoided, or which has a tendency to injure him or her in uh, his occupation. In most states, as we discussed previously, libel is defined similarly. And in order to establish libel, a plaintiff, a plaintiff has to show that the statements were defamatory, that the statements were published to third parties, that the statements were false, and that it was reasonably understood by third parties that the statements were about the plaintiff. And where the plaintiff is a public figure, they must also prove by clear and convincing evidence that the statements were made with actual malice, meaning that the defendant knew the statements were false or had serious doubts about the truth of the statement. Now, de Havilland brought a false light claim against FX. A false light claim is a type of invasion of privacy based on publicity that places a person in the public eye in a false light that would be highly offensive to a reasonable person and where the defendant knew or acted in reckless disregard as to the falsity of the publicized matter and the false light in which the aggrieved person would be placed. A false light claim is the equivalent to a libel claim, and its requirements are the same as a libel claim, including proof of malice. In order to prevail on her claim, de Havilland had to demonstrate that FX broadcast statements that are assertions of fact, actually false, or create a false impression about her, are highly offensive to a reasonable person or defamatory, and were made with actual malice. That's right, Josh. In the opinion rendered by the California Court of Appeals, the court first questioned whether a reasonable viewer would interpret feud as entirely factual. The court noted that viewers are generally familiar with dramatized, fact-based movies and miniseries in which scenes, conversations, and even characters are fictionalized or even made up. Next, the court concluded that feud's depiction of de Havilland was not defamatory and it wouldn't offend a reasonable person. Granting an interview at the Academy Awards, the court noted, is not conduct that would cause offense to a reasonable person. Further, the court found that the producer's substitution of the word bitch for dragon lady in a statement actually made by de Havilland was an unactionable substantial truth. 
a statement that would not have a different effect on the minds of a viewer from the truth that she, <laughs> the truthful statement that she actually made. De Havilland, as a public figure, had to show that the statements made by FX were made with actual malice. But feud was fictionalized to a certain degree, and fiction is by definition untrue. So how could publishing a fictitious work about a real person mean that the author, by virtue of writing fiction, acted with actual malice? Right, right Josh. It's an interesting question because actual malice requires the proof that the speaker knew that the statement was untrue. And Fiction by nature is untrue. So the court said, you know, the court recognized this and said, well, of course, the mere fact that the work is a work of fiction doesn't mean she proves actual malice per se. The court said that the Haviland had to demonstrate that FX either deliberately cast her statements in an unequivocal fashion in the hope of insinuating a defamatory import to the viewer, or that FX knew or acted in reckless disregard as to whether its words would be interpreted by the average viewer as defamatory statements of fact. And, and the court concluded that the Haviland would be unable to meet this burden. But this, uh, this test, let's keep it in mind when we talk about Fairstein, which we're gonna jump into next. Okay, so let's get into Fairstein versus Netflix. There, the plaintiff was a former New York City prosecutor who ran the sex crimes unit and oversaw the prosecution of the Central Park Five, five African-American men who were wrongfully accused and imprisoned for a nearly fatal rape in Central Park. I understand that Fairstein is suing Netflix and the producers over her portrayal in the Netflix series, When They See Us, which is about the Central Park Five. Yeah, that's right, Josh. Uh, Fairstein alleges that she was incorrectly portrayed by actress Felicity Huffman as having a larger role in the in the um, Central Park Five's fate than was factually accurate. Fairstein claims that she is portrayed in a false and defamatory manner in nearly every scene in three episodes in which she appears, and that the portrayal cannot be justified as the mere use of artistic license or dramatization. The complaint claims that the series depicts her uh, using her true name as a racist, unethical villain who is determined to jail innocent children at any cost. If I recall correctly, there was a fair amount of publicity and social media chatter surrounding when they see us. The taglines in the series trailers and in Netflix promotional tweets said that the series was based on the true story of the five and that it would show the people the truth they haven't heard. That's right, Josh, and that's the interesting part. The producers and Netflix touted that the story depicted in the series was essentially the real story and that it was based on uh, extensive research and interviews. Also, the producers indicated that the series' negative treatment of Fairstein was, like the rest of the narrative in the series, based on fact. During an interview with Oprah Winfrey, one of the producers stated that she wanted to hold Fairstein accountable for her actions in prosecuting the five. Now, assuming that the Southern District of New York adopts a similar approach to the California Court of Appeals and de Havilland, these are the issues that the court will confront. Would viewers interpret the program as entirely factual? Remember, the court in feud said that uh, viewers are used to factual, um, fictionalized miniseries and motion pictures that are based on real life events. But the producers and Netflix held the series out as being a truthful work. So unlike Feud, it may be possible for Netflix and the producers to argue 
that the series is a fictionalized dramatization and that all viewers would understand that. That's interesting, Scott. And what about the way the feud case handled actual malice? Right. Um, so the, the court in New York would ask in determining actual malice, did the producers and Netflix deliberately cast Fairstein's character in an equivocal fashion in the hope of insinuating defamatory import to the viewer? Did the producers know or act in a reckless disregard of whether its words would be interpreted by the average viewer as defamatory statements of fact? Right. That was the that was the test that the feud court said uh, that Olivia de Havilland would have to to meet in order to establish actual malice. Well, if the statements made by the producers end up being false, it would seem that Fairstein was deliberately portrayed in the hope of insinuating a defamatory import to the viewer. Um, it's interesting. And it seems that the lawyers for Netflix are acutely aware that they may be facing these issues once the case recommences in New York. It was recently transferred uh, from Florida to New York. And in the motion to dismiss that was filed with the transferring court, Netflix argued that the series is an artistic dramatization of controversial historical elements and that Fairstein's claim run afoul of the First Amendment's protection for dramatized opinionative speech. The lawyers also argue that Fairstein's claim reflects revisionist history. Basically, Netflix argued that Fairstein's portrayal, while including some flourish, is basically truthful. That's really interesting, Scott. I'll be curious to see how this comes out. Yeah, we'll be watching it. We'll report back, Josh. Sounds great. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this installment of the briefing by the IP Law Blog. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, visit our YouTube channel, don't forget to subscribe to that as well and check out our website at theiplawblog.com. Thanks.